freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio where we educate we inform and we engage i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our show today is a series called american what's that about cheryl <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, we're talking about the can-do spirit that really is part of the DNA of this country, that American can-do spirit. So much of our lives have been turned upside down right now with this COVID-19 situation. And we've been hearing a lot about what we can't do and where we can't go, but our guests during this series are going to talk about what we still can learn and grow, train and connect, and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we hadn't thought about before. And today's guest is Mr. Rob Pincus, and he is a professional trainer, an author, a consultant, and the vice president of Avidity Arms. He's also serving on the board of 2AO.org and Walk the Talk America. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks. Great to be here with you guys. It is, uh, it's interesting times for sure. For sure. And, you know, when we talk about the importance of firearms training and how many brand new gun owners uh, we have through this process of, of people becoming aware of, you know, the importance of them being their own immediate responder, it's coming at the same time that we have uh, shooting ranges closing down because of the germ issue, right? The virus issue. We have trainers who are having to shift and pivot the way that they interact with their classes and their students. And so I thought I'd reach out to you and say, what are you doing during this time? And how are you advising people to stay well-trained because safety is everything, right? Yeah, there's, there's really, I see it as there's, there's three different audiences that I'm trying to serve. You know, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Greg Elifritz uh, out of Ohio. He uh, posted a question in uh, one of the, the group forums for instructors uh, weeks ago, right? Right as this was really starting to get serious in the U.S. I was actually teaching over in Europe in February, at the end of February, and it had impacted my classes because we had made the call to not let students from Northern Italy come to classes in Switzerland um, in the last week of February. And then of course the European version of SHOT Show, EWA was postponed that week until September. So when I got back to the US um, during just the first couple of days of March, I was already you know, sort of bracing and thinking about the tour and what we were gonna do. So I'm, I'm well over a month into already having, you know, canceled students, canceled classes, things like that. Uh, my classes are, are canceled through uh, August right now. Uh, I think my first classes on the schedule are September. So what does that mean? Well, Greg uh, had posted this question, you know, hey, what are you guys doing 
to offset your lack of income or the loss of business or your, your loss of opportunities to train and educate because that's what you're passionate about during this, this time of no, no person-to-person classes. And I said, well, you know, I kind of jokingly, I said, well, in 2005, I'm going to start a DVD series. And then in 2006, I'm going to start publishing books. In 2010, I'm going to start Personal Defense Network. You know, I've been doing this distance education thing for a long time. So I'm sort of in a lucky position, I guess, in, in that, that, you know, chance favors the prepared. I've got thousands of, of pieces of content that people can find at personaldefensenetwork.com with uh, dozens of other instructors. It's not just me, right? We've created a collection of distance education for people all the way from that brand new gun owner that you're talking about to the more advanced student that's looking to expand their knowledge during uh, this time when they're at home and, and maybe don't have the work or don't have other distractions. And really important, the person who has taken classes and has done training that needs to be able to practice but can't get to the range or maybe their indoor range is closed down or the travel restrictions or advisories in their area. Maybe their family just doesn't want them going out and co-mingling when they don't need to and then bringing back whatever they get on them. So there really is um, an importance to how we approach the established person who wants new information, the new gun owner who doesn't even know what they need, and then that person in the middle who just wants to practice and stay sharp. Absolutely. And you know, there really is that progression. And the other idea about being a firearms owner is you really have to have a passion for lifelong learning because Mm -hmm. you're never going to be the best you're ever going to be. You're never going that, that you could be if you continue to train. You're never going to be as smart, as educated, you know, just like this wall of books behind me. You know, I, and I can reread the same book multiple times and get something new from that book, depending on, you know, what's happening in my life at the time. And I think that, uh, you know, even if, if somebody has uh, taken your courses before or watched your video before, I think there might still be um, value there, would you say, to Absolutely. go back and review it? Yeah, in fact, I started, I re-released a series of articles uh, starting about 10 days ago that I wrote in like 2013 or 14 on a comprehensive approach to personal safety and security, sort of like do an evaluation, you know, what do you, what are your real problems, what strengths do you already have, what assets do you already have, what gaps do you need to fill, and honestly, that's something we should be doing, we should be checking in, you know, every once in a while anyway, even as people who are experienced in this area. I think what, what the new gun owners are going to realize is that it's not just about, oh, I own a gun now, so I'm okay. It's not only the education in owning that gun, but it's, it's you know, do you, do you have the right kind of holster? Uh, do you have the quick access safe, you know, to protect uh, the kids from, you know, protect people in your home? Maybe somebody with dementia, maybe somebody who's, who's uh, you know, drinking a little extra because of the stress or whatever. They have more free time on hands. They don't have to go to work. They're in a situation where they shouldn't have access to a gun. Well, if you just brought a gun into your house, you've created risk. Yes, you've created the opportunity for safety and protection, but you've also created some risks that didn't exist in that house. Maybe your kids generally aren't home much. They're, they're out of the house. There's activities. Maybe they stay with another parent. Now they're living with you all the time and they get curious and they're going to dig around in the closet or they're going to find that thing in the nightstand. You know, and, and we have to start thinking about things a little bit differently in some households um, because of the stress. And of course, we, we get into, I had the Walk to Talk America uh, screen up a second ago, you know, we, we get into the mental issues now and the, and the compounding of mental issues or the potential for, for domestic violence and for, for road rage or just all of these things are happening in our community right now that might start for some people with the thought of, I'd like to have a gun. 
but now opened up this entire universe of education and safety and, and medical and tactics and there's a lot out there. And, uh, and again, there are many, many, many resources, not just personaleventsnetwork.com, but there's so many good YouTube channels. There's so many great instructors who are publishing information out there. There's, there's libraries full of books that I'm sure people don't even know exist, right? I mean, you look at what, like, like what Masad Ayub's written, Tom Gibbons written, the, the stuff that's come out of the Gunsight cadre over the last 30 years. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of information available to people. One of the challenges we have as a gun community is reaching those new gun owners who really don't even know that this stuff exists. That's important too. Well, Rob, in the last month, we've seen probably out of every 10 buyers that came in the store, three of them were brand new, never owned a gun before. <clears throat> Very scary because, uh, you know, they don't know what to do. And we've sold so many personal safes this yep. month that we haven't sold all year long because they they, you know, at least get them to, hey, until you learn how to use this thing, please keep it locked up. And, you know, look on YouTube, talk to trainers, whatever, but get some training. So it's scary because they never owned a gun before. Well, it can I, be I fully as scary as, as the training that they seek out maybe, but, but go on, Rob. No, I was just saying, I applaud that because one of the things I've said, you know, hey, if you're, you're a new gun owner out there, you're contemplating becoming a gun owner during this crisis, if you're talking to someone that you're going to borrow the gun from, buy the gun from, private transfer at the gun shop, and they're not even suggesting, they're not advocating that you have a safe, that you have a holster, that you, you find some resource training, just find another resource. Find some, because there are plenty of people, there are plenty of responsible gun shop owners like you guys who are going to advocate for the purchase of the safe with the gun, or at least going to ask the question, how do you plan on storing this? You know, we're, we're a, a range here, Ancient City Shooting Range is where I'm based in Florida. Not really a gun shop per se, but obviously we run an FFL, we do some transfers for members, things like that, and we've got some guns in inventory, and, and that's number one question, are you, you know, do you have a place to store this? Um, even before the background check paperwork is filled out, right? It's, it's something that, that our staff here does, um, the staff here does every, every single time. And I think it's incredibly important that we are advocates for responsibility. Um, it's not about the government saying, well, you have to have a lock. And of course, we know the cable lock comes with every new gun, but it may not be the case um, with, with a private transfer, with a used gun. And we as gun owners need to be pushing for that. Right. And, you know, putting the gun on the top of the closet shelf is not a safe way to handle a gun. It's the kids are curious. They want to know what's going on and they dig around. Absolutely. So in the training piece of, of what we're talking about, in your experience, what is it practical to not be able to do from home? Is there really anything or, or is all of this um, possible to learn in a distance, in a digital uh, kind of a space? It's a, it's a physical skill shooting, right? So the actual shooting part, I, I really contend and have contended for a long time, the shooting part, developing your firearms skill, your ability to, to press the trigger, manage recoil, reload the gun, all those things really need to be done in the context of live fire. You can maintain those skills pretty well with dry fire, with airsoft, like I've got a, a cert pistol back here on the wall, right? That cert pistol is a great way to maintain some of those skills, but to really develop those skills, you think about like recoil management, you know, I get it, airsoft, the thing moves, you might have a CO2 cartridge that gives you a little blowback, but you really need to be on the range, especially mentally. I find for new shooters, even if they're using some high level simulations um, or, or non-lethal training ammunition, they know when they're shooting real bullets in their brain, they, no matter how much laser training, dry fire training they do before they get to the range, they sort of go back to zero 
at least for some period of time, while they acclimate to the idea that lethal objects are flying out of the front of this thing that's making explosions in their hand, you know? So I, I do think that's important to keep in mind. Now, having said that, all of the safety and responsibility stuff and the, the kind of when should you use the gun, when should you not use the gun, keeping the gun in the safe, practicing, all of that can be done with an inert gun. I mean, you could put a banana in the safe and just practice the routine with your family, right? Uh, but even something as, as you know, simple as this, well, now I can practice presentation from the holster, right? So I can put the holster on, I can, I had to practice right there, I missed, right? So, so normally it would be here or here. Yeah. So practicing with, a, with an inert gun, you know, this is just a, a hunk of plastic. And again, you essentially could just put, you know, a, a marker in your holster and practice the movement and get a lot of value. And especially when we're talking about the new gun owner, um, we can talk about dry manipulations, right? There, there are things that you can do. Um, one of the things I've said recently on a podcast, so I've got this whole wall of guns behind me and there's revolvers and there's semi-automatics and there's semi-automatics that are striker fired and there's semi-automatics that are single action. Just the, the manipulations, obviously we'll double, triple check that. Uh, no magazine, nothing in there. But if someone doesn't know how their safety works or that, that they have a safety or that the slide can't be manipulated if the safety is on, these things can be learned in a video format and they can be practiced in a safe and dry environment. Now I mentioned uh, the, the vast array of instructors we've got at uh, personaleventsnetwork.com. A long time ago, probably close to a decade ago, you know, I'm not a, a huge advocate of dry fire over live fire, especially as I was saying for someone trying to develop their skill, a new person. So uh, I brought in someone who, who was an expert. I brought in um, Claude, and Claude Werner is one of the guys who's thought more about, he is my tactical professor, he's one of the guys that's thought more about how to do dry fire well than just about anybody I know. So we brought him as, in as an expert to develop a DVD first and then put some videos at PDN uh, on how to do dry fire safely, responsibly, and to the highest level of efficacy. Um, so I still refer to, to his videos that we've got there as, as sort of the go-to. A lot of it's presented as advanced information, but it's really important, for example, for someone watching at home to understand that if I were going to do dry fire practice with this, I would take off all my live guns, I would make sure there's no live ammunition in that room anywhere at all, and anywhere that I was pointing this gun, pulling the trigger, I would make sure it was someplace which was safe, which would stop the bullet should there end up being a bullet in the gun. And I'll tell you, as someone who's been in this industry for you know well over 20 years, now professionally, um, I was the guy that did that. I had a negligent discharge when I thought I was dry firing. It was in the mid 90s, probably about 94, 95. And you know, thankfully, I was in a basement environment with a safe backstop that even though I made a couple mistakes along the way, that bullet went into a cinder block wall and nobody was hurt. Um, but that's a hard lesson to learn. And if you aren't in a basement with a cinder block wall, it could be a lethal lesson if you're not taking all of those extra steps and precautions. Oh, absolutely. And, and I really respect that, you know, you are an expert, you're well-trained and, you know, you're even saying, you know, negligent discharges, they can happen to all of us. And so that tells us we can't practice enough. We can't be focused enough and, and really have our head in the game at all times. And that kind of brings me to uh, a movement that you've started. I, maybe there's a better word than a movement, but um, it's cause a pause. 
And uh, I'll just have you talk to folks about what does that even mean? And, and I think it does kind of come into keeping your head really in the game when you have firearms in your home and accessible. It really does. Uh, so the cause of pause idea really comes from this idea that, that through the work with Walk the Talk America, the mental health um, advocacy organization for people inside of the gun community, I've talked to a lot of people in the mental health community. Now, obviously, suicide prevention is a big focus, and it has been for years. Many organizations have been around talking about the importance of suicide prevention inside of our first responder, our veteran community, and inside the gun owner community in general. What we're trying to do with Walk Talk America is put the tools and the, the, the response models and the, the ways to get help and the means to prevent suicide into the hands of the average gun owner. We're not trying to create you know, mental health professionals inside of the gun community per se, but what we are trying to do is educate just people like you and I about how we can do more to help ourselves and help others. And one of the things that comes up a lot is that suicide is very, very impulsive. That in a vast majority of cases, there's this uh, fascinating articles have been written and there's some videos you can find from people who've done things like jump off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived, obviously, where they're making a video and, they, and they've said, you know, as they went over the edge, they regretted it. You know, and there's a lot of these stories, right, that, that and people will say they'll sort of dismiss suicide attempts and like, well, they're just a cry for help. You know, they didn't do it right kind of stuff. And that's demeaning and disparaging. But in some cases, yes, absolutely. People are doing something impulsively that they then regret and they're not going to try to do again if they survive. So every step that you can put between you and following through on that impulse, right, just grabbing that gun and doing something you can't take back, every step you can put between you and that act is a pause. So whether it's keeping the gun unloaded, keeping the gun off your body, you know, for example, if you if you know that you you have anxiety or depression, if you're if you're reaching for that bottle, it's probably not the best thing to do in that moment. But if that's what you're doing, if that's your coping mechanism, put the gun in the safe, unload the gun, disassemble the gun, put the gun in the safe, take two or three steps between you and what might happen when you you have a reduced judgment and desperation kicks in and you have that impulsive suicidal moment. So the cause of pause comes from that, that concept, a well-proven, established concept inside of the medical community that the more steps it takes, the less likely you are to, to complete a suicide. Well, the, the pause we're talking about here is a mental one that's an emotional one. And the idea is that if, if I put a picture of my daughter next to where I store my gun, if I put a post-it note you know, that, that my daughter wrote, uh, uh, drew, drew, some, drew a heart on there for me or something, if I put that post-it note on this safe in that moment of desperation when i reach for this safe to put in my code or if i reach for the gun that's in a holster but next to it is a picture of my daughter a uh, picture of my mom whatever it is that might cause me to pause think about everything i have to live for think about the things i cherish think about the things i love and and maybe reach for the phone instead or maybe just take a nap or maybe go to the internet or maybe go to walk the talk america.org and, and find some information there that might help me get through that moment without that impulsive act of desperation and it might be something as simple as a you know a challenge coin that you had from the military that you're proud of your your service and it reminds you of how strong you really are uh, it might be your, your your flowers from your your wedding the dried flowers hanging above the safe it, it could be anything that gives you an emotional call to take a breath Think about what you're doing. Think about all the things you have to live for and all the resources that we all have. We really think about it. Um, even if they're free and anonymous resources, our friends, our family, support structure, our, our brothers that we've served with, brothers and sisters, things like that. We all have those resources and we all have those reasons to, to live on. 
Absolutely. And when you talked about, you know, the little heart post-it note or something your daughter's drawn, also to remember how many people really do love us and, and really need us here with them to help them through their tough times or, you know, to enjoy their, their celebrations in their lives. So I really love that. And then um, the, the walk, the talk America, I've got my little bracelet that I wear, right? There you go. Um, that is, you know, if, if you're somebody out there is listening and they're like, well, you know, I mean, everybody gets the blues and everybody's stressed out about this COVID-19, but you know, how do I know if I'm more depressed or more stressed than what is healthy for me to maintain and manage? And there's some really solid, serious tools available through Walk the Talk America. Talk to us real quickly about what those are, um, and then we'll start wrapping up. Yeah, I'm going to uh, see if I can call up the, uh, the website here. And what will happen is when you go to Walk the Talk America, uh, there's a pop-up right away that comes up. I think you can see that on the screen behind I me. I can, yes. Click on the get a free screening, the screening. Oh, no, can't be shown in the frame. Uh, but in, okay. This is in a browser I use for this all the time. So hopefully Technolo that'll come up. But, Technology yeah, is amazing when it's it amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mental health test. So you can see all of these different, I mean, this is, you know, eating disorder is one of the ones that's here. Uh, so we we have a lot of opportunity for people to, you know, you've got some free time on your hands, come take every one of these. I mean, and there's also, you know, there's like a work health survey, there's an addiction test. Now, all of this, this isn't like Mike Sedini and I, our founder, it's not us just coming up with some cool questions about eating disorders. Um, this is all powered by Mental Health America. And it's really important for people to understand that Mental Health America is a advocacy group for the civil rights of people who are dealing with mental health issues. They are ex expressly neutral on the politics of guns. Um, and in fact, um, we've had some great conversations helping to educate them about some of the things like, you know, if I'm in New Jersey, and I, might, I still have a lot of family in Jersey, if my brother feels like he's going through a hard time and he wants to take his guns and put them at my mom's house, that's illegal in New Jersey, where you can't do a private transfer of guns in New Jersey. Now, we as gun owners know that he could take the firing pins and take them over there. He could take some vital component and put it over there and not be violating the law and so accomplish practically the same thing. But what's important to understand is that's a kind of a, a higher level of sophistication. As a mental health professional, they, they thought, well, that's ridiculous. How could it be illegal for you to take lethal means out of your hands at a time when you're in crisis? So they're already starting to look at that in several states, especially in New York under the SAFE Act. They're now advocating for the expansion of gun rights for people who are in mental crisis um, because of the work we've done with them. So, they, so while they are expressly neutral, um, we've seen them move in the direction of recognizing the Second Amendment is as, as important a, a civil right as any other. Um, but they power all this stuff. So this is, um, we do this in conjunction with them. There's some other aspects of what we do with other mental health professionals. We also have the firearms literacy program that we run for mental health people that, to get continuing education credits to learn more about gun culture and uh, responsible gun ownership. And that's done in connection with Zephyr Wellness, uh, mental health professionals in Nevada. So we, we really have accomplished a lot in uh, less than two years, but uh, we really need everyone's help and support to popularize this and advocate for it and put these things out there, put the links to these tests, take the tests, you know, take the screening yourself 
and uh, and even the cause of pause, you know, the hashtag cause of pause, put up the picture that you have next to your gun safe. Take a picture of the challenge coin you have there, or the picture with your family or whatever it is. You did a great video for us. We're going to be releasing soon. I really appreciate that. Um, and, and maybe somebody wants to make a video and, and kind of help other people understand why this is so important, especially inside of our community. This is taking care of ourselves. Yeah, very good. I I think that all of those things are so uh so needed every day, but right now, maybe just a bit more. And the idea that those assessments on Walk the Talk America are not only free, but this is so important for everyone, but especially for those of us that own guns that tend to be a little bit more private about, you know, our information and, and how others can, can use it against us. It's anonymous. This is totally yeah. anonymous. It's a safe way to just get some feedback in real time about yourself, um, about, well, how, how am I? I call it getting the checkup from the neck up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's just it. We need, we need to be treating mental health more like we treat physical health in, in our country in general. Uh, and, and part of what Walk Talk America is doing is advocating for that, for people to be proactive about their mental health and to, to seek help, right? If I, if, and to also understand, here's an important part, if you, if you want to think about it this way with physical health, if I, if I said to you, if I, just, if I take my arm out of the equation, I say, I hurt my arm yesterday, and you don't know what that looks like. That could be a bruise. That could be, you know, a shark bit my arm off. That could be an internal injury. It could be a range of motion. We don't know what it is. I hurt my arm. Do I need to go to a doctor? Do I need to go to the hospital? Could I die from hurting my arm? You know, in an extreme sense, sure. But at the same time, most of the time when we hurt our arm, it's a bruise or a cut or a bump or a sprain. And it's something we can get over very quickly. And that's how most mental health issues are as well. There's the full spectrum from completely debilitating and life-threatening, especially in the case of, of suicidal ideation, all the way down to you just don't feel on today and you're just gonna take a deep breath and a couple of meditative moments and, and get back to work you know absolutely well rob um, i have a million questions for you but cheryl's <laughs> kicking me under the table and so how do people find and follow you uh, I'm, if, if you're watching this, if you if you can find the internet, you can find me, right? I, I, I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, pers uh, the personaldefensenetwork.com is where you get all the training information. Certainly Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Rob Pincus Pro uh, is where all the training and professional information comes out. If you find my personal page, you get to see all that too and pictures of uh, toddler Pincus eating ice cream and stuff. So. Awesome. Well, you're in the right room when you talk about toddler pictures and baby pictures. So, yeah. uh, cause we I see yours as well. <laughs> about our grandbabies and you have kids the same age, you know, so you're, you're a little bit behind us in that department. Well, I have, I have a granddaughter who's three, uh, three and a half now. And, and then toddler Pincus is five. So I'm all, I've got everything going on. I love it. Well, you wear a lot of hats just like we do. And even in the parent and um, grandparent departments, I love it. Thank you so much, Rob, for all you do. We really value uh, what you're uh, telling our, our viewers here today because we're in such an extraordinarily different time. What a unique time in history we are living through. And sure. to be able to have the resources available to everyone who has any ability to access the internet on their smartphone or their laptop or wherever, it's incredible. And uh, like you said, fortune prepare, uh, favors the prepared and you are uniquely prepared for this time in history and, and uh, helping others do the same. So thank you so much, Rob. Yes, thank you for everything you do, Rob. All right, Rob yeah. Pincus. Bye now. Bye -bye. 
All right. Well, until next time. Man, I learned a lot today. Yes, absolutely. I can't believe it. I mean, to think that, you know, a new person buying a gun, just taking it and like making sure it's clear and unloading it and aiming towards the TV or whatever and practicing is not good right. because they don't really, it's sort of like a person uh, playing a video game to learn how to drive a car. They don't have the feel of that car. They don't really know what's going on mm. until they're in the car behind the wheel. And that's mm. the same with the gun. You need to fire the gun. So uh, some good information there. That's true. You know, I, I recently went out for some um, training on the range. And what I kept thinking to myself, because I'd, I'd never drawn from a holster before. So mm -hmm. that was a whole new skill for me, like a, a, a outside the waistband holster. I'd never done that before. And I kept thinking, you know, there's, this can not be a theoretical thing. This has to be an experienced thing. Now, I could have done that with dry fire in my living room, but, um, but I, I did happen to do that on the, on the range. And so I thought, you know, this, you can read books about this, but really doing it is, is so essential. But anyway, well, that was, um, I liked that, uh, talking about what we can do. I think we feel a little bit more empowered now yes so all right until next time pray for our nation pray for our leaders all of them all of them Dan. <sighs> even the ones you don't like especially the ones you don't like all right <laughs> yeah, i said a prayer for them have a great week be good to each other and god bless <laughs>